you have to understand your business and then you have to understand the philosophy of your business and the management style and then figure out the right structure that works for your business. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So what does that mean for you? We just want to know that we exist so that you can get the best knowledge, the best wisdom, and the best insight uh, from those here within our school and those around the country to share their leadership wisdom. So if you are struggling as a leader with a topic that you would love some advice on and we could do a show around, maybe you would love to get a hold of some of our faculty and pick their brain or you just know of a great individual who would make an awesome guest for our show, send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I.edu. All right. Well, on this episode, we are honored to sit down with the CEO of Innovate Map, a company that helps organizations of all sizes dream, design, and deliver digital products and services. I'm joined with Mike Reynolds. Mike, just want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. So we were talking about um, you know a topic earlier when we were first uh, you know got connected. And I loved what you were talking about how, you know, when you look at management, when you're seeing uh, kind of this difference between, you know, a, a top down traditional management structure where you have, you know, CEO followed by a director followed by middle management and so on, you know, it's kind of very linear up down. However, you kind of are arguing about the case that, you know, you have more of a mentorship model, which is kind of expands, you know, the different touch points. And that's going to be our kind of our topic today is this difference between the traditional management model and this uh, more of a mentorship model. Um, so but before we really start diving in um, to the meat of it, I'd love just to hear about um, just who you are and, uh, you know, your leadership philosophy. Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. A <clears throat> little bit, um, yeah, a little bit about my background. I've um, uh, been in digital products over 20 years and a little bit about Innovate, Matt. We've been around seven years. I founded seven years ago. And in, in its essence, I know we're focused in the digital space, but we're really a professional service that are helping other companies with strategy and design around the digital product. And I, I think that has a lot to do with maybe how we, uh, how we hire, how we run the company as well. Um, you know, I've, uh, prior to this, I've been in a variety of managerial environments. I've been in a small startup. I've been in two large organizations. So um, informing the company, uh, I definitely gave a lot, you, you have to give a lot of thought to not just the type of company you want to build, but the type of, uh, how you're going to structure and orientate team and how it's going to work and perform. Um, and I, I, I wanted to intentionally give a little background on what we do to let you know, like our team is our product. So it, it's not like I'm in a factory producing shoes or, or um, maybe I'm not in a naval submarine. So it's, you know, not different environments might suggest different management styles. So I just want to state that. And um, with ours, I needed one that kind of was going to focus uh, on fostering great creativity, uh, new thinking, uh, candidly moving fast. These are types of the things in the nature of what we serve uh, that, that um, I needed a structure for that. Um, rooted in that was just my personal management philosophy is uh, I like to hire great character and great skills. Um, what I strive for is elite character 
uh, and elite skills, but that's, that's, I, I'd rather have that go out there. But, and then just from a day-to-day style, my, my style is to equip them. If you're hiring excellent people, if you've equipped them with, you know, what the business needs, what the business values, you're going to allow them to connect the dots and let, let those eagles soar. So that's, that's let the horses run, whatever the analogy might be. But, but it, it's definitely a style that, um, you know, if you're, hire, if you're hiring strong senior caliber talent uh, that is excellent, it, it's one that not only they want, uh, but it's one that maximizes their output as opposed to a very rigid, uh, put a ceiling on you formal. So I, I do think that's a little bit of my philosophy, but that it really has been amplified at the kind of company that we intend to run. Sure. And I think that's important to know, you know, not, there's no one size fit all in management because um, one industry, you know, must have a very top down to make sure that, you know, for quality control purposes, for, you know, making sure systems get implemented. I mean, there are a wide variety of management styles and, you know, I want to make the caveat too, that this is not a, you know, the, the, certain one management styles better than the other management style, or we're making the case of why you should stop doing it the way it was, you know, this is, you know, just opening up to another, another stream of creativity of how to manage and how to organize, you know, your team to get, like you said, the highest efficiency of both, you know, product and growth for an individual. Just at the, at the highest level of, of typical org structures, that, that caused myself and our team to lean toward what would be more of a flat-like organization than a traditional hierarchy one. So let's start with, you know, so in your eyes, you know, when you kind of think about, uh, you know, as we define some terms, you know, that traditional management um, structure, what is that through your lens so we can, you know, get all on the same page? It's, it's a traditional hierarchical model. I mean, you, you report to someone who may very well report to another person, report to another one, um, very uh, departmental, meaning that that hierarchy at some point, you know, is separated to this is the sales department, this is the marketing department that, you know, it, it, I don't want to go as strong as saying it's, you know, it can be siloed. Um, and, and there's really a, an order of authority in terms of how information is passed, both top down and bottom up. Bottom up might be progress or status, top down might be vision or direction. That's a traditional model. There's many, many, and we were kind of hinting at a few where that, that is the right model. Uh, but for us, we were more interested in what might be more of a flat model. So, so as, as we're sitting with that traditional lens, yep. we have, you know, your, your definition, how we view, I think we can all, you know, get on the same page and understand, okay, we got it. That siloing. What in your eyes for you and your organization is wrong with that model or why doesn't that fit within, you know, your vision as a leader? Two things come to mind, and I would say it's how work gets done quickly and communication channels. And so I, I feel like there, where that's very traditionally suited is, you know, in high degree of specialization, high degree of quality control, uh, where, where people need to fall in line and follow order, you know, and that could be a high turnover role, like a restaurant, it could be a very stressful role, like I said, like a, in, in a military or something like that. But where it challenged me is, uh, you know, I'm in digital products. So, so the digital world uh, is one that responds to change very, very rapidly. You know, it could be, think of a tech startup, think of a, an application, think of a website, where it's this combination of both speed, creativity, innovation. And that can get suffocated in a model like that. And, an, you know, and so if I think about like businesses output, um, 
it can get slower in a model like that. And I would just think about in terms of communication and communication in a model like that is very top down, bottoms up uh, and it flows hierarchical. Think about up, down. So if, you know, if you're a contributor in the marketing team and you want to know what a contributor in the software team is doing, um, a lot of times that communication goes up, over and sideways and then back down uh, to understand what another function in the business might be doing. Um, in, in the nature of our business, I wanted that communication to be much more free flowing, you know, that, that it, you know, much more flattening in terms of uh, who you felt you could communicate to, where there was literally, literally a little bit of a, a, a flattening of what might be the traditional role of contributor manager, director, VP, C-level, you know, where, where someone who's a contributor feels like they can interact easily with someone in a more senior level that, that might not even be in their department. And, and the nature of our work really commanded for, for something like that. Um, so, we, you know, we, the, the inability for, for information, remember, I'm, I'm of that feeling that information is how we empower our team members to be excellent. That flowing up, down, sideways, that takes time. Um, and it, the other, the other ask, maybe frustration with that model is an individual's growth, which I, which I shared earlier. So if you are a, contributor in that model, your manager kind of controls your entire growth, that you are beholden to that individual. Um, they're the ones, you know, maybe empowering what is your growth plan, uh, incentivizing you, rewarding you, and, and you're kind of limited to that. And uh, that's fine uh, in some circumstances, but maybe even your growth has a, has a legitimate ceiling by your manager. Unless, unless they themselves get promoted or leave, you can't necessarily grow your professional career. And uh, that was challenging. I'll just say that was challenging. I witnessed that. I felt that. And if I'm about to build a business where I'm going to build a business around hiring elite, skilled and character, you know, professionals that we are going to then service clients, I don't want them leaving. Like, that, like our team is the product. And so I can't have them frustrated with their development and leaving the firm after 90 days or, or, or even three years. I, I need to you know, expose them to other areas of business so that their strategy advice uh, was more well-rounded. And so a lot, a lot of those are the reasons that kind of maybe drove us away from a model like that. Now that we've kind of talked about this uh, management, you know, top-down, the, the traditional management structure and what you guys do, you know, what does the mentorship model look like? Unpack that for us so we can get like a nice visual uh, so a lot of leaders can see inside to, you know, your philosophy uh, within your organization and how, you know, people are managed and how assignments are dished out and who is accountable. Things like that that a lot of people kind of maybe tick off in their head like, oh, I could see some problems of not having someone above per se. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot in that. So I'll start by, I'm a visual thinker. So if I, if I can, like as we describe a traditional model within hierarchy, you should probably think a tree. Think like an org chart. Um, and that defines that model very well. A lot of people will describe the organization they mainly want to pull up an org chart. We don't really have an org chart. I would, I would view more of a flat model as picture uh, just a ton of circles of varying sizes, each linking and over, overlaying each other. So almost like a Venn diagram on blown out on steroids, right? Um, and, and so when you, in a flat model, you've got, you're going to have teams that, that work together. And I will admit, we orientate around jobs to be done and we create teams around very, very frequent jobs to be done. So I'll, 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 I'll kind of share that with our group. So, you know, we've got our entire uh, 
you know, when a company's hiring us to maybe dream and design uh, their software product, uh, that that goes to uh, the Innovate Map team that is our product strategy experts that are going to help think through what to build and how it should be. And then our design team, our UX design team, our software design team. Okay, so we have a lead over the software design team. We've got a lead over the product strategy team. But those designers are going to be staffed on a client. And really, they're, they're not accountable to the head of design in that client instance. They're maybe a, accountable to the lead of the client or the strategist for a client. And then we complicate that a little bit more. A, a designer might be on five clients and might be actually accountable to three to four different leads. Uh, in a flat organization, if there was working challenges there, uh, those two individuals could not work that out. The, the head of strategy or the client would go back to the head of design and it would kind of be fixed in this top down, kind of almost like a punitive, punitive manner, uh, where we encourage you to look at, to feel accountable to others than just your official manager, right? You know, and uh, in, a, in a hierarchical model, you're, you're maybe not incented or accountable to please a leader in another organization because they have no control over your promotion, your growth. And I know there's ways to do cross, cross function like that. But in, in our world, you know, if I'm a designer, for example, yes, I might have a, in our terminology, a primary mentor who's my head of design. That's the person ultimately responsible for my growth, but it's not limited to that. That's kind of the big difference in our model. So it's not like, you, you know, that person's probably handling more traditional manager-like things, like certainly uh, someone you could go to, compensation. Um, but in our world where you've got a, maybe a primary mentor, uh, we create an environment where they're not the only one that you're accountable for. You might be accountable to, um, you know, your client teams and so forth. So if you kind of picture an individual is very, is very often a member of many teams. And each member of those teams has a lead, you know, and it could, in our instance, it could be I'm on five client teams. It could be I'm on the design team. Maybe I'm also talented and have interest in supporting the marketing function of the company. And with about 20% of my time, I also participate in the marketing team. And in that instance, maybe I'm uh, accountable to the head of marketing. So there's multiple accountability. That's great. But I think what I'm also sharing with a model that hopefully I painted okay verbally is, is you're not in a silo. You, you're, 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 your growth is, in that instance, you're getting exposed to other disciplines. You're empowered to learn, interact uh, with those other disciplines rather than simply be swimming in your lane. Yeah. I mean, just like what, what you were talking about with the organizational chart, as you see, you got like the CEO at top, one line comes down to connect to, a, to the you know director. And then they got like a T goes to the left and right. And then they got one going down. It's almost like, you know, it's that organizational chart, except there are more lines that connect. Like instead of having that T connection, it could be like a W where you have multiple going in North, South, East, West, and everything's kind of, you know, interwebs of, of responsibility. Yeah. And I think lots of positive, I mean, I could go on this, lots of positive outcomes on that. I mean, for one, you're going to rally around whether it be for a client, whether it be in your function, whether it be in the business, you're going to rally around the job to be done versus your particular job description. Sure. Right. And that's, that's, that's pretty important too. And it, it is, it does round out and exposes the individual to, 
opportunities other than just what they're assigned by their manager. Uh, and that, that for an A caliber professional can keep them quite inspired. You know, if I kind of then kind of revert back to the business goal where I'd, I'd like to hire excellent character and excellent skilled people and keep them, keep them around. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that creates an environment that, that, that does that. And that's, and you know, that's something we were kind of talking about or, you know, before we even got on this call and something I want to move into is the idea of the personal growth and how much more an individual can personally grow when they have multiple touch points within the organization versus my mentor or like the person that's above me is my stream of growth. And therefore I only grow as fast as they only grow, or I'm only lifted up and elevated up kind of on their, you know, schedule, time, whatever they have versus this one. Like you said, when you have all those webs, you know, you have so many individuals you can touch throughout the day, you know, so talk about how you've seen individuals within your organization grow and develop under this mentorship model. Yeah. And I'll start, it's good to help to see that growth with scale represents. So we're, we're a firm of 21 today. Um, we started, you know, when I started there, was, we, we were a team of four, you know, we had a, we had a product marketing discipline to deliver that to, to clients, how to sell their product well, and then a product strategy discipline and then a, a design discipline. And, and, you know, I'll start with our original head of design, you know, at, at the beginning we were four people. I mean, we're, you know, I might've been playing many roles like, but um, you know, he was the head of design and our designer, you know, and then, you know, we kind of expand where he's maybe got a design team of, uh, of three when the business needed help maybe selling or if the business needed help in marketing and he saw that as an opportunity, um, we would rally around jobs to be done. So we actually assign tasks or charters and initiatives based on, you know, do you have a superpower in this? Do you have a passion around this? And does the business need that? And so we're very, we're very um, transparent about what the business needs because that might present an opportunity that someone says, Hey, in addition to what I'm doing today, I'd like to grow and maybe help there. And, you know, so if our head of design says, I'd like to help with marketing uh, in a traditional world, they would say, no, you can't. You're the head of design, sit up, sit down, shut up. We have a need in marketing. We've got to find someone who just does marketing. Right. And so it's that, that for him might've been very frustrating, you know, and, and, and so in, in, in our instance, that's an opportunity and we're going to rally around that. And, and then this individual would have maybe dabbled in that and then made something of it. And then, you know, certainly they, it, it might necessitate as we grow that we maybe need a dedicated marketing hire and that's fine. Um, but it really goes against like swimming in your, in, in your lane. It just, it's, it's as jobs to be done. It, we don't act at innovate map when a new need is, is created. That is immediately a hire. What we just think about is that's a job that the business values and needs right now. We make it visible to the team. And if someone's got passion and qualification and superpowers around that, um, we're going to give that opportunity to them first. And in that, that, that to me is just even, you know, just the, the leader of the, the, the company, you can't beat that. Where you've got a, where you've got a team member navigating and wanting to help more, uh, seen as an opportunity of growth, we're being efficient by not only as a company giving that opportunity, but not reacting to every opportunity is we got to find a specialist who only does that. Um, we're making more well-rounded professionals. Uh, and candidly, we're probably getting a lot more done more efficiently 
where we don't need for every single job to be done a full hierarchical structure uh, and a full dedicated team for that. And I'll just tell you, as we scale, like I'll just complete that story. You know, we do now have a marketing function, you know, and our marketing function has a dedicated lead. Uh, and if I think about what is our marketing team, it's probably a team of about three to four individuals, but only one of them is dedicated. The others are people who might, you know, align themselves primarily to another function of the business, but they contribute on, on the marketing team. And it's really awesome to think about because, you know, like you said, when you get kind of siloed and you have all these specialized, like you have to be a specialized marketer, a specialized designer, and that's your lane. And you just stay in it unless you either go back to school or you get the qualifications necessary that meet the check the boxes for some job description. And then we could put you in, you know, it seems like you, you could have an individual who is a good designer, you know, but they find that they're even a better marketer. And they wouldn't have been able to discover that if they didn't have any opportunities to dabble, to try to, you know, put their, put a different hat on for a bit and get a feel for where their real sweet spot is within an organization. Yeah, it's great. And I'll give you another quick example that, that makes sense too is, you know, we've had, because uh, we have, we have this notion of, you, this is kind of what breaks down a traditional manager where you've got exclusively one individual that you're accountable to. You know, and we've kind of figured that out as we've scaled with this concept of a primary mentor who's probably, you know, think you can think of it almost like 60 to 75% of your guiding light and professional developer, but um, you can have secondary mentors. And I'm really just speaking, Matt, to formal mentorship. You know, I, there's certainly informal mentors that pe people do. But when I, if I were to give you an example, like we might have a, a, a young aspiring designer whose primary mentor is obviously our, our lead of design, you know, and, but you know, they might say, hey, I enjoy the strategy side of the work we do for the clients, not just the creative side. I, I'd love to learn from this other very seasoned senior person in the organization because I see them as the expert on client interaction, professionalism and strategy. Uh, we'd be silly to, to, to halt that <laughs> and say, no, you are a designer. You just stay as a designer. When we know that that's an area of the business, we'd be happy to grow somewhere in it you know, strategy. And, and so, you know, we might set up an informal mentorship and say, hey, the primary mentors, you're, you're focused on excellence in design and time, growing them creatively, but you're also going to receive mentorship on a secondary level from this individual in the organization. And they're going to meet with you less frequently, but they're going to be worried about growing you in terms of your client interactions and your strategic recommendations to your client. And you get to dabble in that. And honestly, the business gets to dabble and see if that is if that is it is if if they are a fit there uh, and sometimes they are and i would just be very candid we have seen people try something and once again the opportunities at the heart of it are always something that the business needs and the business values okay this isn't like uh, you know play camp or playground like it's not like hey i want to go do this i'm never looking at them and be like that's that's great the business doesn't need that or value that i you, you can call that a hobby uh, and do it at home or something. <laughs> so I just want I just want to reiterate that it isn't this isn't free for all. We're very transparent about what the business needs and values. And when we have a great need there, that's an opportunity that people can step into. And then we try to rally a, a an expert around them so that they can learn from. And it's it's mutual. We certainly tell the secondary mentor, hey, this is we, we're making an intentional you know move here that this person is going to look to you for guidance, help them. And so when I, you know, a lot of people might think, you know, this, this model of kind of more of a flat, many kind of 
branches off of one individual instead of, you know, kind of that traditional structure. And that, that could leave, you know, a possibility of work falling through the cracks or some details maybe getting missed because when you have all these different branches, you have one person on five different teams and, you know, things could kind of, you know, crisscross, fall apart at times, or there's a potential for it. You know, how do you guys address uh, some of that, you know, the details not getting lost within the inner web of a more flat model? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. That's a risk. So I'm just going to say that, that if, if anyone's listening and like, well, I see a flaw here, no doubt. <laughs> All models have a flaw. Uh, I guess in this model, what, we're, what we were way greater than that well, first of all, that's handled best by just having good leads in all these areas. But um, the, the real flaw is I'm weighing the speed and the, the effectiveness of cross-communication being easy uh, over little tactics falling through the cracks. You know, um, you can you and you could have in a hierarchy perfectionism on a tactic by an individual contributor. But if that is not aligned to maybe what another function of business needed of that function, because they aren't talking, I'm doing the opposite. I, I'm, I'm valuing the, the ease of communication, the speed of output over the fact that, you know, there might be things that fall through. And I, I will also share with you, I didn't, when I say ease of communication, and when you, you hear the word flat, think of it as flattening the organization. I, as the CEO, have an open communication channel with anyone. Nobody has to go to their boss, to the boss, to the VP to talk to me. Okay, so so everybody is privy to what I might be sharing, and there's there's a there's a humanizing and respect piece of that 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 is core to this model as well. That I'm approachable by anyone, I respect anyone can talk to me. I will treat every adult. And I, obviously, they have varying degrees of professional experience, but everyone is treated the same. There, the 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 crud that might exist in a hierarchy of treatment of people um, is also something that really I gravitated to. You know, and when you, since you've been a part of organizations that, larger organizations that do have the kind of that top-down structure and, and uh, you know, when, what we were talking about, when vision is passed down, you know, it's it's easy to, from the top to pass on the vision to get it through the channels. You know, and in this, you know, what have you found um, that's allowed the vision that you possess to your organization to really take even more root, you know, because of how these interwebs are connected. And it sounds like communication is even at a higher level of, uh, of than it would normally be. It would. And, be, and if you got to think, when this is well, like a well-oiled machine. So I address and talk with my full team very often, right? And, 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 you know, it's not like I'm going to just tell that to my executive team. Cross my fingers, I have good executives who are going to pass that down to then their management team. Hope that they pass that message down effectively to their contributors. That that I'm going to tell my team. And so so that's that's that that's a good example of communication flowing very well. That I'm going to trust that they can handle it. Um, probably expose them to a lot more than they maybe typically would if they were shielded in a in a true hierarchy. Um, you know, and and that's a risk too. That might be a flaw. Um, I, I, I'm describing a model that certainly is suited well for high performers, high performing teams, high performing individuals, uh, not ones of uh, poor performance where you've got to coach them up and really need a manager to do their job. And I just kind of give them that where um, it, it, it works for us, but that definitely that vision um, can be casted more widely versus cascaded. Uh, and that certainly works for a company of our nature and of our size. 
Well, and it seems like, you know, because you guys already laid the foundation of giving people the opportunity to grow, find their lane, find their sweet spot, and find these opportunities that they really want to get into for their own personal growth, you know, they in turn are... are going to be able to be trusted more because they want to keep growing the organization. They want to help their friends alongside them. They want to help themselves to grow because ultimately when that all comes together, then in turn the business grows and then they grow. And it's kind of like this repeating cycle of, you know, of growth as people continue to dive into their own lane. And it's awesome because you don't have someone breathing down your neck saying, you know, we need to micromanage every little bit of you because, you know, now they're operating on their own and managing themselves. It's great. And I, I think you're hitting on a nice point here, which is, I know we said this a few times, but it's important to anyone listening, but you have to understand your business and then you have to understand the philosophy of your business and the management style. Is it high turnover, very discrepancies in skill sets, lead strategy to, you know, uh, different levels. Um, and then figure out the right structure that works for your business. I, I have found in just people where I've seen this really mess up is where someone wants to try it because it seems cool and hip. Uh, and it's just fundamentally not going to happen. It's just not, you know, where it's like, hey, we need to work in teams more, act like flat. I'm seeing that in some, you know, upcoming tech companies. And that seems cool. But if you're, if your personnel, if your nature, your business, if your philosophy, uh, don't suggest that that's how it should be. That's going to be a disaster. Finally, you know, as we wrap this up, talk about the, the scalability of this, because that, does become a concern, you know, as, you know, a lot of may argue that, oh, for a small business, of course, it's easier. But as an organization scales, maybe as you open up other locations, maybe as your team, you know, crosses 100, 200, you know, mark, you know, how do you scale um, this sort of, of model, um, you know, th- going forward? I'll be honest, I, I would say that that's the biggest challenge of the model. I would say a hierarchy model has hundreds of years of tried and true best practices and policy. I would say flat models, um, probably an upcoming trend, probably the last five to 10 years. Uh, I would, I would argue definitely rooted in a small company model. So if you kind of think about where are some flat models that are high performing at scale and they do exist. I mean, the tech scene, a lot of the companies in the Valley are this way and things like that. They exist. Um, so one, scaling is a challenge to a lot of people haven't done it. So my third comment would be, you need to look to them for inspiration. Um, you know, look, you, you, it's, we in scaling ourselves have definitely run into challenges at times where, you know, now we're a team of 21. Uh, not everyone does, even if I have an all hands, you know, talk to me every day. I don't scale like that. And we've had now a need for while the marketing was something every, you know, four or five people could use as a side hustle. Uh, we, we've now had to formalize that being its own dedicated team. So that's that really, um, you know, things that I'm talking about with teams and leads and things I'm talking about, like a primary mentor and a secondary mentor. Candidly, those are those didn't exist in our company in the first three years when we were under seven people. You know, these are examples of us having to put some sort of framework. And I'm intentionally using the word framework, not hierarchy or structure. We had to put in a framework uh, uh, how people are accountable can they, how we recognize growth and promote, you know, I, that matters too. If it's, you know, how does it, 
in, in a model where you've got multiple mentors and it's not just up to one person, how is that recognized? And, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to divulge all the solutions to that, but we, we've had to look at, uh, you know, models of best practices. I would, I would encourage people, there are various ways to create an org. I would say hierarchy and flat are probably two of the major five, just even mess with your head. If you were to look out ways to structure an organization, uh, but there's starting to be a lot of thought leadership and a lot of people pioneering this that we certainly looked at, you know, and, and kind of ran through a filter. We didn't apply directly, ran through a filter and, and applied to us. But I, scaling is definitely a, a hurdle of this and definitely something. But if we're committed philosophically to this model, which we are, because it makes sense for our team, our philosophy and the nature of the business we're in, we're all in on it. Uh, but that is that's leadership challenge. How do we scale this model yeah and with like all things in business just because it's hard doesn't mean it can't be done correct mike reynolds ceo of innovate map a company that helps organizations of all sizes dream design and deliver digital products and services mike thank you so much for being our guest my pleasure man it's been great this has been another episode of the roi podcast presented by the indiana university kelly school of business i'm your host matt martella here on the show our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions we'll see you next week <music>